0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Health Healing and Hampton Roads. I'm Dr. Felicia Mebbin, your host for this session, and also the executive director of the Center for Public Health Initiatives here at Norfolk State University. And I am so excited to have as my guest Ms. Maggie Lane. Hi, Maggie. Yes. Hi. Thank you for having me. You are quite welcome. So I like to start with an introduction of who you are so that folks in Hampton Roads know who is engaged around health and public health in the area. So Mm -hmm. first, tell us a little bit about where you're from your training, and how did you get here to Hampton Roads?
1: Sure, yeah. I work with Postpartum Support Virginia, um, and that's the organizations I'm currently in. I've been in Hampton Roads for about 10 years now. I grew up and was born and raised in Northern California with my husband. Um, We're both from the California area, and we moved here in 2014 when he got orders for... Norfolk uh, Naval Base. And so we've been here for about 10 years now. And when we moved out here, I, I mean, I was still relatively young. We were both young. I was 21 years old, still trying to figure out how to, you know, what I wanted to do with my life, all of the things. And so I started at TCC and just took some of my prerequisites and I fell into the into nursing. Um, that was my goal. I went through TCC's nursing program. I had to apply three different times to get in, but I finally got in and it does happen. As
0: long as you get there, no uh-huh. big
1: deal. Yeah. So I, I graduated from TCC in 2019 and I started a job at Norfolk General as um, an RN on, you know, a part of their resource team. So I would go to different units and I quickly realized like nursing in the hospital setting was not for me. I had to kind of switch gears and my mental health was with, was struggling and I needed to figure out what I needed and wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I went back to school. I was always been really interested in maternal health, family health in general, even since I was a little girl, like just I've always just really been interested in this. And so I knew in nursing school, I wanted to get into family health, maternal health in some way. I just had to figure that out. And so I went back to school and I got my IBCLC credential. So lactation professional. And okay, I'm
0: sorry, you're what? <laughs> my.
1: So I have an IBC... IBCLC credential. So international board certified lactation consultant. So I went back to school for that. And that way, it really opened up my eyes in a different way to, to mental health and family health in general. You know, when people have babies, they have to feed their babies in some type of way. Mm-hmm. And whether it's breastfeeding, whether it's bottle feeding, people have struggles and people have a lot of feelings about it. And there, there can be some mental health aspects that play into, into being a new parent, especially a new parent, but feeding. And so it just started to open up my eyes. I would see my family and my friends kind of struggling after they had infants, finding resources, getting good information and accurate information. Mm-hmm. And so I started to kind of navigate my
0: way. To okay, well, th- hold on. Yeah. Well, hold on. Take a breath. <laughs> sure. Take a breath. Hold on one moment. Sure. Let's back up just a little bit. Uh-huh. Take this in pieces. Yeah. So you said you fell into to nursing, but was there something early in your life or something that motivated you or inspired you?
1: Um, I've Like I said, I've always really been interested in health in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be like the little kid carrying like the doctor kid around. Like I just I wanted to be in health in some way. OK. My mom always said I would be a good nurse. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do nursing like it's not for me. But as I like grew um, and kind of tried to navigate, you know, school and careers, I was like nursing offers a lot of different like opportunities Mm -hmm. you don't have to be an rn or um, an lpn in in the hospital you can you can do a whole bunch of things whether that's public health whether that home care um, home health care um so in other words you
0: can work in a variety of settings i think people think nurse they think hospital yeah but that's not necessarily the only place that you Mm -mm. need to
1: be no you can be and even if you go to nursing school, you just get skills out of it. So, like, I was just looking for, for like, the skills. Like, you get public speaking experience. You get um, experience learning how to uh, coordinate care and finding what you need to do first versus mm-hmm. what you're going to do later.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and not just public speaking, but communications in general, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Because you're learning how to listen to a oh, patient. Yeah, yeah. You're learning to gather data and information mm-hmm. and then make assessments and recommendations Absolutely. for what to do based on the situation. right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're working with people in some of their worst moments. And so you right. really have to learn how to listen to them and see what's happening, you know, not just listening to their words, but finding what that person is saying with their body as well. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. So you learn a lot of different communication skills. Um, So I guess I didn't really fall into nursing. It's just something I pursued because I I really wanted to be in this health field. Mm -hmm, Um, mm
0: -hmm. No, that's okay. You can fall into nursing. (laughs) I just picked up on that because I have a a similar uh, experience in that when I I remember being um, sick one day and, being in bed and my mom coming in and saying, hey, you know, j- just just to distract me, probably mm-hmm. asking me about what I was thinking about. What do you want to be when you grow up? Because I must have been seven or eight or something. And I said, I wanted to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you know, you can also be a doctor, a physician. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, I'll be a doctor. Like, it was that easy. <laughs> <So> I literally <laughs> fell into it. Uh-huh. And then she made sure that I had experiences during the summer because um, my, you know, High school didn't really have a focus in that area. Mm -hmm. So I did summer programs related to science Mm -hmm. and medicine and all of that. And then finally, when I got to college... I realized oh, maybe I don't want to do that because I didn't understand the point that you're making mm-hmm. in terms of you can have healthcare training. And it is it is more than just the technical medical mm-hmm. care. There are these other aspects. of oh, it. yeah. And so I didn't think it was going to be a fit for me. I was in business school already. So I graduated with that degree, then found public health, et cetera. So. Mm-hmm. And so I just, you know, but my initial from the age of like eight to 18, it was just that's what I said when I was eight years old. So yeah. that's what I was going to do. Yeah, so.
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I mean it's a great profession in general. Like just
0: being in this health field. Yeah, so, so and then so tell us a little bit more about the the. It's not a degree. So after your nursing degree, mm-hmm. how did you find that program, and what exactly is it?
1: The lactation professional. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've
0: never heard of that before, so I'm very curious and <laughs> would like to know more.
1: Yeah, so um, after my associates in nursing, I like I said I I wanted to kind of explore different aspects of of how I could you know build my career and so my friend recommended like what about like lactation like have you ever thought about helping people feed their babies and I was like I had not thought about that but that is something that you can do it's it's um you know, you you get to educate families, you get to be in the the postpartum or the perinatal space with them. And it op- it opens a different dynamic relationship-wise. You know, families, when they birth in the hospital, sometimes they don't see a, um, their physician for like six weeks afterwards they have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, as like par- lactation professionals, you can go into their homes days after they have a baby, and you're seeing them in that moment. And so... It's just like I, I really wanted to be able to be in that space with them to educate. Educating is really a big part of what I loved about nursing is just being able to, to offer education to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought it was a great way to do that. Um, so, yeah, so you get to, as a lactate, lactation professional, help somebody
0: with lactation or you get to help them feed their baby. Which is critically important. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, That's absolutely. Right. And you had talked, I when I when before I interrupted, <laughs> you had talked about Sometimes people have challenges uh-huh. and when they have I you know I've read about new mothers and you know if you look at the movies and the tv shows they make it seem like it's the most idyllic perfect time Mm -hmm. and that babies latch on and they breastfeed and it's so easy but it's not always that and then if it doesn't happen easily for you Mm -hmm. then you're blaming yourself like the mother is saying Mm -hmm. well what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. and then at the same time you've got your hormones raging and you know there's other things postpartum depression and everything that you're dealing with Mm -hmm. so this is what you help Mother, new mothers, and new families with.
1: Yeah, yeah. So after I, I got that certification, I um I started a, my business where I do lactation work and postpartum doula work. So helping people in whatever kind of capacity that they need after, after they have their family. And I was volunteering at the time with Postpartum Support International, which is an international organization that helps, you know, helps people find mental health support resources and. We have a Virginia chapter, so Postpartum Support Virginia, which is where I work now. Um, so when I was with PSI, I was volunteering as a care coordinator, and then I transitioned into the PSVA, the Virginia chapter, as the care coordinator.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. And what's the difference between a doula and and what you're talking about? Because I've sure. heard about that too, but I don't know the specifics. Yeah.
1: Um, so lactation professionals, lactation-driven. A doula, there's two different types. There's multiple types of doulas. Um, there's a birth doula who can help somebody – like prepare for a birth, during the birth, and then they help um, after the birth for a few visits there's a postpartum doula that can help you after you have a baby. And so after they get home from the hospital or after they're discharged with their midwife or whatever, a doula can come through a postpartum doula can come through and kind of offer the support they need. So sometimes I typically spend about four hours at somebody's house and sometimes I wash their dishes and vacuum their floor and hold their baby. Sometimes it's I've massaged mom's shoulders before their feet. Like it really just depends. Sometimes I just sit with them because that's what, what they need in the moment. And I think it's especially important to kind of have the, that opportunity as a military community, because we have so many families who are birthing potentially by themselves, or they don't have their family nearby. I saw a lot of my friends kind of struggling after they had babies, um, especially being military spouses. Sure. So yeah, it's a it's a great way to to kind of offer the resources in somebody's own comfort um, in their home. Mm
0: -hmm. And one thing I'm thinking is that it seems to be making formal what some cultures mm-hmm. would do mm-hmm. naturally right oh, yeah. so you have your auntie or your mom or your grandma or whoever there mm-hmm. and they would naturally do that but society has changed some right mm-hmm. and then you add the dynamics you just talked about in terms of being military mm-hmm. so you may have these peop- folks but they may not be right there with you mm-hmm. and so these more formal roles can help fill in the familiar roles. Sure. Um, if folks are not there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. This is like a normal thing to have family nearby. That's how we, you know, maybe you had family nearby when you were new, when you were younger, like growing up near my family, we kind of helped each other. But then since having to move, you don't always get that opportunity to have close friends or family nearby.
0: Right. So then how, how do people find the support that they need i mm-hmm. mean how, how how does that happen
1: it can happen a few different ways sometimes people are connected with friends and family and just talking to them they can get their resources um sometimes it's reaching out to postpartum support virginia as a care coordinator when people reach out to us they oftentimes say i just need help like i don't know what it is mm-hmm. um so when we reach out um we talk to them. We hear what they're trying to say. We we are trying to get them connected to resources. We can talk about the different options. Some people need a therapist. Some people need a psychiatrist. Some people need a doula. Some, you know maybe a combo of of a few of those different things. And so we have a, a pretty good perinatal community here. I'm, I've definitely seen over the last few years it growing. We have a few perinatal centers in the area. We have support groups.
0: And what does perinatal mean, just in case mm-hmm. folks don't know?
1: Yeah, uh, perinatal is from conception. So when um, an egg is fertilized until one year postpartum, okay. um, It you know, we, we call it perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. PMADS is what we, we categorize postpartum depression, anxiety, OCD. But perinatal we say up to one year, but sometimes people have other babies, some people don't get the, the support that they need. So a PMAD can, can range in time for, for individuals. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm.
0: so it can vary, so that's mm-hmm. good. So do you, do you guys have training in terms of cultural competencies? So when you're talking to you know families with different cultural backgrounds mm-hmm. or maybe different language, mm-hmm. you know different languages, period, mm-hmm. what kind of training do you guys have in that area?
1: It depends on the on who you kind of go through for training. So um, doulas can go through different training organizations um, and each training organization will have different um, topics that they cover. Um, A lot of the times it's kind of just like merged into into um, trainings. Sometimes you have to take additional trainings because you don't get all of the info. Sometimes it's not up-to-date info. Um, I definitely think that we could do more cu- cultural uh, competency training, mm-hmm. um, not just for doulas, but for lactation professionals and hospital workers and all of the things. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But I definitely see it over the last few years coming coming up a little bit more often, as it should.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And what kind of organization is Postpartum VA?
1: We Is are a nonprofit. Government? Nonprofit. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Nonprofit. <laughs>
0: so, how can people support the organization?
1: Uh, people can donate if they if they feel called to donate. Um, we have different um, events that can happen throughout the year. Um, We have working groups. So if somebody wants to come through and they don't have like financial things that they can donate, they can be a part of our working group and still be a part of the conversation. Um, It depends. Some people volunteer. Um, Yeah. So donations is uh, a way that somebody can donate like monetarily, but people can donate their time if that's how they they uh, feel called to do. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. And is this also where they can donate I don't know, baby clothes or do you not do that? We don't
1: typically do that because we don't have a hub. Um, PSVA is a statewide organization um, and we don't, we're all virtual. um, So we don't, we don't have hubs, which is something that we can potentially work for in the future. Um, But donations and stuff like that, like I said, we have perinatal centers that can take some of those things or other uh, nonprofits that are doing that work.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I like about Uh, what you're describing is there's it seems like there's a network of organizations that are working together Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so as you said a perinatal hub Mm -hmm. that's another organization right or Um, what do you mean by that
1: uh what I mean by a perinatal hub is like a space that somebody um like a hub where somebody can go and get information can get supplies um we we don't have that um there are hubs in the area but um not one with through psva
0: okay Uh so again you're you're referring to some resources that are part of the network Mm -hmm. of organizations Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. you work Mm -hmm. with at a physical space some people have the physical space yeah yeah okay and so and would uh, who would then provide the physical space if it's not you guys since you guys are mostly online
1: um so like urban baby beginnings is another um um, organization in the area. They have a hub, I believe in Norfolk, that they're trying to get up and, and going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think they have a, a Petersburg uh, hub or somewhere up in Northern Virginia. Um, so Urban Babies is the one that I know of right now.
0: Great. Mm-hmm. Thanks for mentioning that. Because again, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> none, of, you know, no, we're, none of us are on an island. We all have to work together. Oh, absolutely. It takes that village of organizations uh-huh. right, to pull together to um, help support families. Mm-hmm. So are there any projects or, or any, um, you know, programs that you want to talk a little bit more about?
1: Um, I could highlight tons of programs, okay. um, like for kids. Are you talking about like actual organizations? Or or, or through our through organization. Through your organization. Uh, yeah, yes, through yes. my organization, yes. sure. Um, <laughs> uh, so we have a um, a small grant internally through our organization. So some families come through and they can't afford a therapist because they don't have insurance. Um, some people can't afford a doula. Um, and so we have a small grant that we use internally that can help pay for some of those services. Um, and that grant is called the Shalane's Fund Grant. We have a, um, a 5K that's gonna be coming up um, virtually that people can sign up for Um, this virtual 5k run essentially you get um, a t-shirt and then you get to post your picture of the of you in the t-shirt and you can walk or run or do whatever you want to do for the 5k
0: do you know which Uh, app they're using for that i don't know no no okay so in case folks don't know i mean the pandemic yielded quite a few of these actually but Typically, what happens is you're logging into an app,
1: mm-hmm. and because
0: you're logging into the event app, I've done this before. I think yeah. it's really cool. <laughs> um, I think actually Norfolk State has had um, a run related to health that tends to happen in the spring uh-huh. um, around public National Public Health Week. Just as a plug there, um, but what happens is you plug, you log into the app, the event starts at a certain time, and then over a certain ah. period of time, you you will it will track you because you're holding your phone right mm-hmm. the GPS, and then. It's so cool because other people are logged in as well. Ah. And so when I've done it before, you can see... Oh, Maggie is 100 feet ahead of you because based on your pace, wherever you are, you know, it's putting Mm -hmm. people in line so you can kind of see who's walking or running around you virtually. Mm -hmm. That's right. And then it'll map the path that you use so you can walk in your neighborhood, Uh the other person can be walking on the track, but as long as you get in the miles that the race is supposed to, quote unquote, race, the event is supposed to be, Mm -hmm. it it keeps track of all of that. Uh So you can see who, quote unquote, comes in first based on their pace. And then you can see where other people are running, and then sometimes they'll have a stream as well. Mm-hmm. And so, as people are engaged in the activity, you know, they're reporting. You know, if I take a picture, it can be in the stream. You know, the feed, the mm-hmm. feed for the race. Yeah. It's actually kind of cool. that is fun.
1: <laughs> I don't know that we are doing something like that. I think it's oh, more where okay. people will take the picture and just post it and say, "I did the run." Okay, and, um, I see. Okay, so that maybe if, next time. Yeah, maybe that's a great <laughs> idea, though. Um, so yeah, so twenty-five dollars for. Um, the 5K and all of the money goes towards that grant. Um, so if somebody's interested in, in being a part of the the 5K, you can um, go to our website, Postpartum Support Virginia, and get more information. And uh, is it dot dot org, dot org. Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Postpartum Support Va, V-A.
1: Dot, org. dot org Yeah,
0: okay. Um, and maybe okay. If you're a volunteer and you're kind of tech savvy, call them up. You can set up one of these digital races. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good take idea. Take it to the next level. That is <laughs> the. It's
1: a great idea. Um, And then we have a working group. So on October the 11th from 2 to 4 at the 4 Kids Building in Chesapeake, we're going to host a um, QPR training, so a suicide prevention training, for anybody that wants to come through. It's free. Um, And that's a way to get more information so that people can feel more confident um, addressing that because not only is it professionals that have to address that type of uh, conversation. It can be anybody within their family or friends. And so um, that QPR training um, hosted by the Sarah Michelle Peterson Foundation on October the 11th.
0: Okay. Yes. Nice. And what about are these projects or programs that you're directly involved in? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So uh, part of the Hampton Roads team, we have, um, we have things to do in the area and working group is one of them. Um, We also have a free support group coming up for parents, mothers and babies. Um, It's called Mothers and Babies. Um, And we meet once a week for five to six weeks in a row. And we go over coping skills and um, finding pleasurable activities and making healthy uh, connections. And so that will be also highlighted at our working group on the 11th. Uh, More information about the the support group.
0: Nice. And so what's a major message that you would share with everyone who's listening Mm -hmm. in terms of these challenges and issues? that families might face Mm -hmm.
1: Um, to reach out for support that you don't have to do it alone Um, I know that it can be really heavy during the moments uh, but knowing that you can reach out for support so in Virginia you can call our warm line you can text or email our care coordination and we can help find you those resources Um, we have um, peer mentors if that's what somebody's needing but um, just to be gentle and graceful with yourself as you're navigating parenthood or or loss or whatever it is um big transitions are happening. And so being gentle with yourself and knowing that there are resources.
0: And and this is for the, the men too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What, what about for siblings?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> doulas are great for that kind of uh, sibling support to kind of um, help with that uh, new transition. Um, we don't necessarily do a whole lot of like sibling support through our, uh, through our organization, but um, you did make a great point about parent, um, support people because it's not just them, the birthing people, it is their support people that are also going through these things. And we know that if the birthing person is experiencing a PMAD that it's highly likely that their, their partner's also going through something. Um, and so we do have one in-person support group for, for fathers or father figures, regardless of the age of the adult, regardless of the age of the, the child, um, with Michael Jones at the UP Center. And he's a wonderful individual who's willing to meet people where they are. Um, nice. So if they, reach, if they reach out to Michael, they need that support. Um, they can reach out to him and he can kind of help them navigate that space. Mm-hmm. But our organization, PSVA, can also help um, support people find
0: support. Mm-hmm. So there's another organization, the Up Center. Uh huh. And do you happen to know their website? Uh, I don't. Ma- uh, I don't the, you know. You can look it up. The yeah. Up Center. And, it's wonderful. What was his name again? Mike. Michael, Michael Jones, Jones. Yes. So you can put all that in, in your search parameters yes. and find the resource. Yes.
1: He's wonderful. Um, and he also has a Dads to Doula program, so he helps um, fathers talk with him and the doula to kind of navigate how um, pregnancy, postpartum, birth can look like, and so. Wonderful person, uh, I just love.
0: Nice, there you go. Shout out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can send her a check later. It's support. <laughs> and so again, part of the focus of this program is mm-hmm. public health, yeah. and part of public health is thinking about well, how do we address some of the factors that influence, like that are surrounding mm-hmm. the circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. So perhaps some of the reaction or experience might be because you're worried about a job or, you know, you're maybe not be employed or there might be some other stressors mm-hmm. that are manifesting as the specific reaction to, you know, the, the perinatal situation. Mm-hmm. So if there was a policy out there um, that could help the folks that you work with, what, what would be the perfect policy? What would be the thing you would do to help communities so that, you know, you don't see as many mm. issues or challenges in this space?
1: Mm, I think that if you get a driver's license, you should get a therapist. <laughs> but I also think that um, we need six weeks of paid leave for, for family members when they have children or if they experience a loss. Um, I'm seeing families going back to work way too soon because they, they just can't afford um, to, to take the time off. Um, and it plays into their physical and mental health if they don't take that time to rest. And so I think um, if we could get some, some paid leave six weeks at least for, for our families, I think that would be um, a step forward. Mm -hmm.
0: nice amazing so thank you so much for sharing that because again and And for everyone out there, I'm a big advocate of voting Mm. because in order to prioritize these issues, we need to have our policymakers who allocate resources to have them as a Mm -hmm. priority as well. So Mm -hmm. I encourage everybody to vote. Well, thank you so much, Maggie, for being with us today. It was really (laughs) great to hear. I think this might be a topic that folks don't think about unless you're in Mm. the situation necessarily. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's good for families and people who might be planning families to, to know that, you know, asking for help is a wonderful thing. And if there are resources in the community to do that. So thank you for being with us today.
1: Yes, thank you so much. Yes. Uh, Mental health stigma, um, in general, we're trying to erase it and get rid of it. So um, I appreciate you having me
0: and getting to have this conversation with you. You're quite welcome. (laughs) And thanks to everyone who is listening. Again, I am Dr. Felicia Mebane. And this is Health Healing and Hampton Roads.